to the New Music Podcast. We got your one, one regular jack-off from upstate New York. That's right. Kyle is busy doing other stuff right now. So it's just going to be me and our buddy Jeremy sitting here having a talk. So please, uh, for anybody who does not know who you are, uh, give the people at home a little bit of uh, a little bit about you. Uh, what is up? Uh, my name is Jeremy Schaefer. I am from the state of South Dakota, um, and I am the vocalist of a hardcore metal core, whatever we are, um, band called Earthgrowns, and I am an owner of a recording studio. And I don't, I don't know what else you want me to say right now. Other than <laughs> no, that, I, I that's know. all you sometimes, need. To... Sometimes people be like, sometimes guys will feel th- like uh, thrown on the spot, like with that question. So yeah, yeah um, so you you sing for Earthgrowns, um, do, which yes. is a fantastic uh, band, which is why we've had uh, two people in particular ask us multiple times, when are you gonna get Jeremy on the show? When are you gonna? What do I got to do to like help you get this set up? Dude, so, that's, that's awesome. Also, have we, um, has anyone said that we could be brothers? Because I you know, see a picture of you and I feel like we have, we have like the same, you know, the mustache, of course, but like yeah, a lot that's of the first given one, very, yeah. very similar. So, um, the same besides the color and everything. Yeah. Like for mm. real, we could um, be related and just not know it. Um, yeah. No, my last name being the, Teal. The my last name being Teal, I know a lot of uh, my family came over on the Mayflower and stuff like that, but I don't know too much about the history wow. of my name, other than we changed it to Teal because apparently the original uh, Romanian, not Romanian, um, I can't even remember what nationality I am. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm not really good at representing myself, but um, yeah, so whatever our uh, original heritage was, it was like a really hard to pronounce like spelling of the word oh, Teal, sure. so they're just like, yeah, let's just super condense it make it really easy for white people, so... <laughs> i don't know all right yeah here we are 2020 here we are yeah so Rock and roll, yeah. baby so you you've got earth Grounds. you've got a yes. uh you do i've noticed some some canvases are you, are you an artist or a tattooer um i am not uh i would be i would be like hesitant to say either <laughs> i'm definitely not a tattooer okay. um i do i do like to paint for fun i don't know if i'd call myself an artist um i don't know what i guess at what point you become an artist. I just don't, I, I just do it for fun. I don't know if I'm good enough to say that, like, yeah, I'm a professional artist or anything like that. Coming, care, like, um, calling yourself that, it's like a whole other demon than just, you know, doing something for fun, like, almost yeah. copying it. Yeah, it's like, if somebody takes pictures for fun, <clears throat> does that make them a, photo- a photographer? You know, at what in, point? In one light or in one realm, then maybe, you know, but yeah. hey, yeah, so you, you in, you're enjoying doing that right now. Is that something yes. that's uh, keeping you busy with uh, recent events because of COVID and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So um, back in March when all of the the crap hit the fan, um, I pretty much lost, like, all my, my client. I, obviously, all tours were canceled. Yeah. Um, and then all of my clientele that I had booked for studio time um, either canceled or postponed. And mm-hmm. so I was like... I have nothing to do. <laughs> so um, we haven't really like, mentioned know, that too much either. So you, you also do this recording studio. Yeah. Yep. That's my quote unquote big boy job. My full-time job that I actually, that's how I survive mm-hmm. is uh, the recording studio. Um, touring is my passion, but studio is my job. I guess we'll say that. I would say um, that with the uh, photos I've seen of you on stage and like the little like tastes I've seen of it, it looks like you really do have a great time. I do. Yes. Yep. That is hundred percent. What if I had to pick like anything in the world, like if I had to pick, I guess, between studio or touring, I would definitely pick touring. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, if I could only pick one thing that I had to do, but that being said, it, I do love both dynamics. Um, I think it's good for me because it's like, well, I don't get, if I'm getting burnt out on the studio, I get a break from the studio. I get to go on tour mm-hmm. and then I won't get burnt out from touring and I, can come back to the studio you know so and it's it's cool because i get to be creative uh every day of the year pretty much um i'm either usually writing music recording music making music one way or another i'm usually making art um like every day of my life so i'm very that's the very dream, lucky man. i'm very blessed it truly is yes that's the dream and mm-hmm. so uh i'm sure uh there's plenty of uh questions that our uh initial 
two people asking you about would have. But one of the first ones is how did you kind of get together with the the guys in Earthgrowns? How did that whole thing get started? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, just, I guess, being in the music industry, really. Um, so back when this all started, back when Earthgrounds initially started, it was, um, it was kind of just going to be a solo project of mine that I was going to do for fun because I was doing studio full time and I'd been in bands like my whole life since I was young. And when I went, no, (laughs) we, I mean, we were not, I don't think, I don't think anything that I have ever done really ever got out of the Midwest. Like a lot, every band I've been in has been a touring band, Mm -hmm. but no band has really, I guess, ventured outside of the Midwest other than earth grounds. So Mm -hmm. Most likely you haven't heard of anything else. And none, none of the other bands I was in were really ever that good. Um, but anyway, so I, after my last band uh, fell apart, um, I decided to go full-time doing studio work um, and getting established with that. So I don't remember what year that was. 2012 or something. I went full-time. It was a great time to then, get into music production too. Yeah, it really was. Um, but so I went full-time just doing studio stuff. And after a few years of just being like in my studio, just doing this, I'm like, man, I really miss like making music and uh, writing music and touring. Um, so I, I guess I decided to start doing kind of a solo project, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, once th- that idea progressed, I was like, well, you know what? If I can after I had the first EP written, I'll say this, after I had the first EP written, I was like, maybe I'll toy with the idea of actually like making this into a, a touring project. So I kind of put out some vague post. I don't even remember exactly what I said. Just something about like, maybe I should take this to the next limb or the next <laughs> stage or whatever, something douchey, kind of like that. I mean, um, I, I'm not going to say I haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked, but I mean, because like Zach uh, hit me up like mm-hmm. right after, because he knew he knew exactly what I was talking about, um, and he he just he he just messaged me like five minutes later, he's like, dude, let me play in your band, and I was like, <laughs> that's a good uh, Yeah, I was like, and honestly, he was always like somebody I considered to uh, like that I would be in a band with, because um, so I recorded his band, him and Brady, the drummer, were in a band previous uh, that I had recorded. And I knew, I knew right away that, A, I, I bonded and meshed with both of them really well in the studio and that they were both talented. Um, so it was like, right when he said that, I was like, yeah, I could see that actually being That's like really sick. Keys yeah. Right so anyways, he was like, no, I, I, I was like, no, dude, you're going to, you're, you're going to college and I want to be able to tour like full time. And he was like, well, I'm actually going to quit college so I can tour um, and do uh, video That's stuff. Gutsy. So yeah so that's what happened and uh that kind of got the ball rolling and then we just had um we had fill-in basis until we found uh Caden which was just from a mutual friend um in the music industry so just I guess having ties to the music industry working within the music industry for several years just I guess gave me the ties to these people because we out here like in the midwest it's pretty slim pickings for musicians and why there's a stereotype for it yeah (laughs) yeah But, hey, I mean, it seems like things are going pretty well. You guys put out an album earlier this year, which is some of my favorite stuff uh, that I've heard from you guys. So, oh, thank you, man. Um, so what, was, what would you say was like the, um, the writing process like for this one? Were you trying to go for something a little bit uh, different or just kind of upping the overall um, production value of it? Yeah, um, so for those that don't know, we're doing something kind of uh, interesting this year. And we're actually about to drop the second part of that interesting thing. Um, so <laughs> this year we uh, we decided let's do uh, let's do two EPs um, like six months apart, and kind of do like a light and a dark, kind of like uh, like the opposite kind of thing. What is the the circle with? Uh, oh, you're talking about yin and yang. Yeah, the uh, kind of a yin and yang kind of okay. thing. Um, so, uh, the first EP called, uh, Intel Produce of Things, that one, um, was, we wanted to, A, try something that we had never done. I mean, every time we do a record, we are always trying to do something that we haven't really done or tried to push ourselves to do different mm-hmm. things so that we're not just making the same record over and over again. Um, so like, 
let's try doing some singing. Um, so that was the first thing that uh, we incorporated. Um, we had Zach do some singing and stuff. And then we also, I guess, our writing uh, style was a little bit different. We, we chose to do um, a little lighter um, and more, I guess, a lot more structured and more polished sound, I guess. Um, was I guess the overall thing that we wanted to incorporate and uh, even the lyrics are a lot uh, a lot brighter and happier and whatever I feel like um, that's where, what it's supposed to be with a title like the prettiest of things yeah yep yeah. so that's kind of the idea and it's funny because it dropped it like the perfect time because everybody I mean like everything totally like right the month that it dropped COVID hit and like, I mean, every, if you're in the music industry, everybody's pretty much just been depressed for the last six months. Oh, and yeah, that's not even yeah, a joke. So, yeah, and I mean, it's not even people in the music industry. I mean, everybody's having a hard time with it. Um, I haven't really found anybody that's like, yeah, actually, this has been in my favor, you know, except for, I guess, the extroverts that don't like seeing people, so. But well, then I um, will the- add to, to that one <laughs> out of because I'm definitely one of the few people that's doing better now than I was pre COVID. But then again, okay. I, I'm talking to a bunch of bands, so I don't I try not to rub that in. Like right. I'm not trying to like no. It's just you know Well good for been, you, man. I mean that's that's good. It things have been pretty good for me personally. But um good. I'm curious, uh so you're saying that this is going to be the the yang of the uh the one that's coming so, up really yeah so now the the next one um we're actually going to be dropping a single at the end of this uh month i don't actually know if i know the date that it's releasing yet somewhere towards the end of the month the label will be mm-hmm. dropping uh, a new single off of the next record which is um the yang i guess and it's it's uh it's heavier it's less structured i would say it's less polished um the, even the tones are a little nastier and a lot of the lyrical content is a lot darker, I would say. Um, it's a lot of this. A lot of the lyrical content actually is kind of the opposite. Um, for instance, um, so in the first song, uh, or in the, on the first record, in Pretty of Things, I talk about um, a relationship, a true love, um, kind of a perfect marriage, whatever. And then in this record, I actually uh, have a song uh, talking about my divorce. So um kind of a crazy thing um it's nice to have that vulnerable you know yeah um so anyways uh that's kind of i guess to give you kind of the dynamic of what what's you know to come Mm -hmm. so so you feel pretty strong about it it sounds like you uh almost are leaning towards you liking the this upcoming one a little more than the the first one um it's it's just, I, I'm very, I, I don't know, it's hard. Um, I'm very, a lot of the lyrical content, I guess I feel um, is I'm very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And like I, I'm like, a lot of the stuff is written about very personal things. Like for instance, the divorce, I, it's not something that I talk to a lot of people about because mm-hmm. um, it was like the hardest thing that I've ever been through. Um, so just addressing that um, was really hard. But I know that a lot of other people have been through similar situations. So I'm hoping you know, I hope that the songs that, um, you know, the, on, on this next record can give people hope. I mean, mm-hmm. out of all the music I write, I'm always like, I hope that people can relate. I hope this inspires people and I hope it gives people hope. So. That's beautiful. I think that's uh, true for most musicians, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, man, I, there's, I know there's definitely a huge audience of people who want to have something that they can feel like they relate to, especially when talking yeah. about such heavy topics like that. And hearing, yeah. you know, any band uh, just say the right words at the right time. Sometimes that's just what sure. they need to hear. I mean, I'm sure that's how you got into, you know, wanting to write music and everything. In fact, you know yeah. what? Let's let me ask you. Um, how did you get into uh, this style of music? Because um, you're you're born and raised in a religious household, right? Yeah. Is yep. that right? So yep. ha- finding that type of music is often, or at least in the experience that I've had with talking with other artists in your situation, it's always um, a bit troubling um, to get into this style of music. Is that something that you yep. would say is the same for you? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't even know. I'm trying to remember how I actually got into most of the stuff that I've gotten into for heavy music actually came from like being at uh, Christian festivals and stuff. 
Um, but I remember the very, the very, very first heavy band that I ever got into was, um, was Zale. Have you ever heard of Zale? Uh, they're I'm, like an old stoner so. metal band. They're, no, you know, uh, what, that's what it is. Cause I never really got into that style of music. I've been yeah. waiting for someone to show me the right kind of stoner rock to get into. Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe, and it depends upon what era you're talking about. Cause early Zale, that's what they are now. They're kind of like a stone, a lot of stoner <laughs> metal, uh, um, is kind of what they put out. But when I was, when I first got into them, when I was probably like 11 or something, mm-hmm. that was, uh, that was one of the, the active bands on solid state records. And so I don't remember. Somebody just told me, have you ever heard of Zale? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I went home and I got on my windows media, whatever that media player oh, yeah. crappy thing that was that like streamed at like eight bits and it, everything <laughs> sounded terrible. And I gave you a headache anyways. So Made, I went and uh, I checked out Zale. Yeah, pretty much. So I went and checked out the, this band Zale and, mm-hmm. um, I remember just being super intrigued, but also kind of weirded out, you know? Um, yeah. And, but yeah, so as I, was, I got, like, I, it really intrigued me. And so I kept continuing to listen to Zayo. And then uh, somewhere along the line, it brought up other solid state bands. And it kind of just, I kind of just started going down the line of solid state bands. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, it just grew on me and it, it became it just became a big part of my life. And then before I knew it, I was like in love with like heavy metal bands yeah, and especially, especially solid state bands. And then, um, you know, every year, uh, I guess you wouldn't probably be familiar with like uh, sunshine festival in Minneapolis no. or not no, Minneapolis, no, uh, Minnesota, but it's a Midwest uh, uh-huh. music festival. Um, they had a, a heavy metal stage and so me and my brother would go and just hang out there. And it, it was mainly, uh, it was a Christian metal fest, so it was mainly like face down bands and solid state bands, mm-hmm. and so we just hang out at the the HM stage and just like listen to these metal bands, and yeah, I don't know, that just became a big part of my lifestyle after that. And how old were you at that time? Uh, I was pretty young. I was eleven or twelve when I first started getting we're so into... impressionable at that age, and like yeah. I think that you're you know right up there listening to some of these heavy bands and it's just it's amazing the the power and the impact that all of that has on you. I don't think we truly understand it yet, yeah, it's yeah, that's something, so that's how you got started at least getting into that style of music yep, um and then uh around that time, that same time, I started playing the drums. I knew that I always wanted to play drums, so mm-hmm. um shortly after that i I got a drum set. Um, I had been taking piano lessons because my parents kind of forced all of us to take piano lessons uh, when we were younger, which is kind of funny because my parents have never been like real supportive of like music as a career choice, but they were the ones that forced us into taking piano lessons. So they're really the instigators to all of this. So they're really to blame. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I'm actually planning on with my kids getting them to, because even, even though I am like hugely into music and everything, I didn't get the right start into music. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that they get the right start and learn piano, Mm -hmm. then learn rhythm. And then from there, you know, learn the rest because without knowing the whole uh, note structure or the, yeah, yeah. All the notes. Um, I feel like it's kind of hard for you to get into writing music. Yeah. I mean, piano is the best instrument to, to, to lead on because it's, everything's very, very linear and mm-hmm. you can see every, all the notes. It's unlike, like a trumpet, you're, you know, I mean, it's a lot harder because you, depending oh. on how you place it, it's like you're, uh, you, you're making chords and same with guitar. Nothing is linear. So even I, I play a lot of guitar and I still like have a hard time, like knowing some of the theory behind it but when it comes down to piano everything is so linear um it's just it's a good instrument to learn on so yeah so I played piano for like a good four years until I begged my mom to let me get a drum set and um and then after that I was uh, I played drums for like eight years and in that time I I also played uh, like I started playing like some rhythm guitar and stuff like that um and uh yeah so my first band, I was um, the drummer, and then I became the drummer and the lead vocalist. So, okay, to, I yep. I, get a, I know where this is going, and it I had sucks. a sick. I had this really rad like Britney Spears mic that I had like <laughs> on on my head. You know, this little headset thing. That's amazing. It was uh, 
yeah, no, we're terrible. Um, it was, <laughs> it was really a bad idea for anyone to allow me to do that. But um, through that, I, that's when I, I guess I learned to start screaming and start doing vocals. And uh, I found out you that I was a better. <laughs> I tried. I tried really hard. We started hey, you got to start somewhere. We, yeah, we had some cleaning. It was like half screaming, half singing. We were just kind of an emo thing. Um, and uh, it was the singing was really bad. It's just like, you know, when when you're growing up, you, you should have somebody tell you that something is a really bad idea and you're really bad at it. You should just stop. I mean, there's like you have the haters, but then you have the realists that like will give it to you straight. You know, the real friends are like, OK, I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to harsh your mellow, but you're really bad at this. It's like, I wish somebody would have told me that I was really bad at sports at a young age. So I would have quit playing sports. At least I wasted so many years on sports. Oh man. So anyway, so yeah, I, I, I learned, finally, I finally learned how bad of a singer I was. So, um, we we ditched that and I, we just did screaming. Um, and then from there on, I was pretty much just always, always just done screaming. Well, if you had started that project now, they would have just said, hold on, let me set up an auto tune. Yeah, you would have been fine. That's true. You would have been yeah, fine. That is true. And nobody would have cared. Um, but even like I personally, I I'm I usually find myself being that guy that like pulls someone aside and be like, listen, I want you to know that I don't think this is working for you, but I want you to keep trying and develop this and get better at it. But what, what winds up happening is because I I'm a very sarcastic person with people that mm -hmm. I'm like, really close with. And like sometimes that can kind of have the opposite effect. And so I found myself. Sure losing a lot of friendships because they thought uh, i was trying to be just a dick to them and like right or whatever they thought was going on so like usually now i just you know i try to be as supportive as i can because it's really tough to say that to somebody how it do you is tell really hard how do you tell somebody that you're really close to like i don't like what you're doing right but i, I think honestly i think that's like everybody needs that everybody mm -hmm. needs something like that in their life so that because it helps them grow and it helps them like take a step back and like maybe reevaluate or just focus more on some of the strengths that they're not pursuing because they're trying to do something that they're not good at. I don't know. So, I mean, I, so anytime I, I never trust friends. Like when, if they hear music or whatever, cause um, I just assume that, and they, if, unless they're like being brutal with me, I don't trust them because I just assume that they're just trying to tell me what I want to hear. It's like, I want to hear what sucks because I want to become, I uh, want to be better at my craft. I want to like, mm -hmm like an unobjective um you know opinion mm -hmm. um so anytime people are nice to me i just i don't ever really trust their opinion i just assume that they're trying to be nice it is weird how like you kind of get a little bit put off by people who are super nice with you even when they're yeah. being sincere it's like right. you still are wondering like that can't be everything you know that right. can't be like the whole picture there's got to be something yeah. else there so yeah so I mean, point, unless they do, unless they do a compliment sandwich, which is like they compliment <laughs> you and then they're like, all right, this is, this sucked. You like this, like, I don't know why you did this or you need to work on this. And then end, end it again with a, another compliment. That's, that is the appropriate. I think that's the appropriate that way. That is appropriate. Add you know what? Criticism. I can't promise I won't steal that because I know I've heard it elsewhere. <laughs> I've heard it elsewhere, but I can't yeah. promise I won't steal that when, uh, you know, having difficult conversations with my children. Yeah, I think that's good. Very good. So at this point, you're how old? Uh, playing drums, singing, and screaming? Uh, I did that until I was 18. I went to college. Um, and then that first band that I was in pretty much broke up. And then I was the vocalist, basically, of every band that I've been from there on. And you, so. you find yourself very comfortable there, it seems like. Yeah, that is what I do best. I like I said, I do play guitar and I play bass, um, I, and I I do write pretty much most of uh, Earthgrounds music. Um, but I would say that I I think I'm a I think I'm a, a strong writer, being like a studio and producer and everything. I feel like I'm a strong writer, um, but I would always say that I'm very mediocre at uh, playing guitar and bass. But I would say that vocals is definitely what I do the best. That's what would I'm you, most confident in. Would you say you're like definitely more of a performer? Because it sounds like even though like you can do all the necessary tasks behind, you know, you know, writing, recording and mm -hmm. uh, all of that. But it sounds like everyone, uh, it's, it's hard to say because there are some people that I talk to who feel very strongly that they are, you know, they can perform, but it's not their favorite part of it. 
but sure. I know a lot um, of people are missing that right now. Yes. I, um, I would say I'm definitely a performer. I enjoy, I have a lot of fun performing. And I think the thing about performing is that it's not just about being on stage, but it's like the atmosphere of being at a concert and I guess the community that's there and mm -hmm. just getting to meet new people and, uh, you know, the fellowship, I guess that goes into all that. Um, so I think it's the atmosphere of it all. And I just, I love living out of a backpack and I love sleeping in a van. I love like waking up and like having to open my Google maps to see where I'm at currently, um, in the world. Um, that's it's fun. like, that's, it is a lot of fun. I love the, uh, the sense of adventure in it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, I mean, for me, I guess there's a lot that goes into all of it. Um, if I, when it comes down to studio or like being a vocalist in studio or live, I would say live, I have a lot more fun. Um, I think learning how to record, like being recorded, like learning how to do vocals in the studio is kind of a different, it's like a whole different beast than live. It's live mechanical. You can get away with a lot live because everything is so loud and um, people are just headbanging and moshing and, and going nuts that so you can get away with so much. Um, but in the studio, everything is just so under the microscope mm -hmm. and you can't, nothing, there's no lying there. Microphone doesn't lie. So it's hard to, to mask some of the imperfections. So, and just hearing it like that, and I'm a perfectionist, so I, I like dissect everything and I pull mm -hmm. it apart and I'm like, you know, it's just, you're very, very vulnerable in that stage. So recording, learning how to record is kind of a different beast. And it's, I feel like there are some musicians that perform better than they record, or there are some bands that record better than they perform. Mm -hmm. So I think as an artist, you have to learn how to be good at both. Yeah, it's definitely so. tricky because all the tools are there for people now to be so good at per, uh, uh, whether it be mixing or writing mm -hmm. everything and recording it from home. Um, so all the tools being out there, it's kind of a, it's a different, it's definitely a different um, environment now to be a musician than it was, say, like 10 years ago. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Um, as of uh, with your um, recording studio and everything, are you having yourself, are you finding a way to like almost like uh screen uh not record but like completely use their screen for certain things because there's remote recording um programs and stuff that i've been hearing a little bit of people uh talking about here and there but i didn't know if there's anyone actually out there and using it um in the field say that uh i'm sorry what you're asking about what so i know that there's uh programs out there where people can write over uh somebody else's computer like remotely oh okay so like i was okay. curious if that was something that you've looked into uh doing or um if that's something you you or any of your colleagues have tried doing i have not that's not anything that i've ever pursued at this time um and with earthgrounds i pretty much um, I pretty much write everything here in my studio. And then when, when we actually do the record, then we kind of experiment with stuff. But in the future, I can see that being a big part of bands, uh, like being in different locations and writing across screens, social, uh, uh, not socially, uh, unsocially. No, I don't know. <laughs> Just being able to be states apart and be able to work together to, to write music you know, whether it be versus MIDI or, or, you know, live streaming um, playthroughs and stuff like that. It's a very exciting time to be a musician, just because yeah. of the sheer potential that you have for, for networking, um, mm -hmm. as well as just, um, you know, being able to send somebody, hey, this is the raw uh, version of a song that I wrote. What do you think? Yep. Can you add to it? And then like, literally, they can open it up in their program and go in and edit everything you just did. So right. it's, that it's is crazy. One thing that I do um, for some of the bands I record is they'll send me like, you know, like a demo of their song uh, for me to study and like maybe do some rearranging or basically just put my, give them my input. Like if they have like, uh, I guess just be that um, objective ear to say, mm -hmm. like, to give my opinion, like, okay, we well, could, you know, we could rearrange the song a little bit and I think it could be stronger. Or if we put, we could probably do a harmony on this and that would make that part better, you know, just stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. So that is one thing um, that I guess uh, I do a lot of. And that's something that like you can't really get when you uh, record and do everything yourselves is that. Therapy- <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> My allergies have been wild, dude. Uh, Anyways, tough. continue. It's tough. And, and anybody who's a fan of the show will be amazed that I just blessed you. Um, but yeah, so um, it, have you uh, really run into any like real hurdles with, uh, I know that you're not recording or doing that nearly as much. So I'm curious, like how, how the, the business end is, is looking right now? Like, what are you uh, doing to stay busy? Yeah, uh, things have actually been picking up um, here in the last like month or two, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the bands that had kind of canceled or whatever, uh, right off the bat when COVID kind of hit um, are kind of now uh, booking time and kind of rescheduling. So things are starting to pick up. Definitely mm-hmm. not busy as I normally am at this time of the year, um, which has been good and hard. Um, I've, it's given me time to kind of work on other things. Uh, even like I'm like doing some reciting on my house right now, mm-hmm. which, uh, normally I wouldn't have time to do during this time of the year because I'd either be touring or be busy in the studio. But, uh, so I've just been like, you know, it's like, don't, you know, don't waste the time that you have. Um, I've been doing some more outdoorsy stuff, uh, which I've always been, I work way too much. Um, in years past and I, I kind of like kill myself. Um, I'm kind of a workaholic and being a single guy uh, that lives in the same building as the studio, it's pretty hard for me to disconnect from my work, which can be mm-hmm. a curse because I will be laying in bed and I'll be like laying there and I can't fall asleep. I'm like, well, I guess I'll go work for a while because I can't fall asleep and I don't want to waste time. I've so, definitely been you know, there. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but so, and, and like I said earlier, I, you know, I've been doing some more painting and stuff like that. So, um, things have been slow, uh, for sure, but I am just trying to make the best out of it. Um, and anyway, and, and, and I took a lot of extra time on the newest, uh, record because like we had time, Mm -hmm. uh, and we actually even bumped up the release a little bit too, just, uh, just so that when, you know, when we do get to the point when we're touring, uh, that won't be an issue, like running into, uh, release times and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's so, smart the way that you're doing it, putting out two EPs that are like polarizing in in style and in sound. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm always, I always want to try and do something different, stuff that uh, other people aren't doing or just be unique. And I'm not saying that like we're, we're recreating the wheel in any, any way or any sort, mm-hmm. um, but just trying to be an individualistic band and trying to do things that are different. And, you know, with, with streaming, everything's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um and so with everything switching over to streaming um i've always felt that it's less about having music out and it's more about just being relevant so we're trying to release more often um so that we're continuing keeping a buzz going and i guess just being just staying relevant as a band Mm -hmm. as a metalcore band you know you kind of fall into i mean it's a it's a pretty saturated market so Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to i guess uh be drowned out by all the other bands that you know are doing great things so uh yeah i guess just always being in people's face always keeping that buzz going so just releasing more often I think that's a really smart thing to do, uh, making the smaller EPs or even just putting out singles more often. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really good for uh, the current uh, climate because with people streaming as much as they are, um, you know, people get that re- uh, weekly release radar from Spotify and things like that. I yeah. definitely use that in reference with the podcast and everything. You guys definitely listening already know that. But yeah, it, I think it's really smart. I've been saying for a long time that like doing more regular uploads, like seasonal like i think ollie sykes Mm -hmm. even said that like putting out like a couple songs every season would be really cool Mm -hmm. to do um is that something that like you guys have uh kind of poked around doing or is it you know just you know kind of just playing it you know riding the wave seeing how things go yeah i mean we've so we've only released eps uh so far so yeah we were kind of already kind of on that Mm -hmm. um that wave uh and going forth after so we have another single that we're going to release after this next EP. And I don't know when that's going to be something that a lot of that will come down to the label because we kind of like, they know marketing better than we do and they have mm-hmm. other releases that they have to do. So 
we have an EP that we're going to release. Um, and well, it's going to be a single and then an EP. And then we have another single after that, that we're going to release sometime like probably next year. Um, and then going forward after that, I don't know, we have, so our contract with the label, um, basically we have either two EPs or a full length to complete our contract. Mm -hmm. And so we could either continue our EP a year kind of thing, or we could uh, finish like with a full length. Um, but we're just going to kind of like see how things go, see how COVID goes, see how everything is going. And we'll just kind of play it out. Like I'm definitely, I'm always on board to like try new things. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe we'll do, you know, some bands are like doing like a single a month, you know, stuff like that just to like do something. That's really big in the different. rap community. Like that's how yeah. a lot of them are staying relevant. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's smart. I mean, that's like the pop industry. If you look at like the pop world, most like most artists only release uh, singles. They don't even release like a full length or their singles will make up, uh, you know, their full length. So, um, you know uh i'm definitely down to try stuff like that so um it's basically just like whatever the heck we want to do maybe we'll come up with something cool um like something totally off the wall i don't know maybe tomorrow you guys will write a dubstep song i don't know yeah i, I don't know yeah it's yeah. really just up in the air <laughs> yeah so, that's great yeah yeah so we'll see we'll just kind of see how things roll and uh i'm really I mean, everybody is just kind of waiting to see where things are going to land with this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's going to be a big indication on what we do for the. How do you releases. think it's going to play out? Because personally, I think it's going to be at least another two years before things are anywhere near any idea of normal. But I don't think normal is ever going to be something that we kind of see back. But yeah, you know, the, because the the industry is going to struggle for a while. Um, so here. I have kind of a weird thing. I think, okay, so for metal bands, things will return to normal, I think, by the, hopefully by the beginning of next year because metal bands, they're going to keep restrictions on how many people can come to shows. Mm -hmm. I think that will be one thing for a while. Even after a vaccine is out, I think they'll still like keep like restrictions on because how many people. There's no way to make sure everybody's getting the vaccine. Right. Um, so I think, but for metal bands, like metal bands are used to like playing, like for us, we're used to like 50 to hundred people at a show. So, uh -huh. so like, I don't, that's not I really think it'll be deal. fine. Yeah. So I think we'll be able to return to quote unquote, a normal touring schedule by next year early. But the thing that's really hard is that there's so many of the venues have shut down, um, mm -hmm. that we're going to have a hard time booking tours because there's going to be a lack of venues um so we might just end up playing a lot more like garages and house shows and wherever the heck we freaking can play i think um, that's beautiful though because you think about how intimate smaller shows are as oh it is, i'm and i think that that's going to be great for rebuilding the scene or not necessarily like rebuilding but more like rekindling the scene in a way sure. i mean i grew up playing like basement shows and house shows like the hardcore scene was like that was like the scene i grew up in and those are always still my favorite shows. Um, mm -hmm. They probably always will be. Like big playing on big stages with nice sound system and everything, that's all fun and stuff. Like it's cool to sound like big and huge on a big stage, you know. But like there's always a disconnect when you are like six feet away from the crowd or you're not eye level. I never really like being, I guess, above people. Um, you know, I never like being even idolized, I guess. Um, or feeling like I'm above anyone. I always, like for me, uh, like the metal scene and, and the hardcore shows are all just being with the other people and being one with the people and sharing in that gift of music. So playing in a, playing like hardcore shows, like in a basement, um, you know, where people are, it's very intimate and it's hot and it's sweaty and people are up in your face. And that's like, that is always and will forever be my jam yeah. like that i'm all about that last stuff so if <laughs> if that's what we have to do for the next two years like i'm totally fine with that mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah <laughs> i mean it is what it is the scene is yeah. already trying to start to like put shows like that together and everything like you know you got many people that are criticizing saying oh it's too soon it's too soon but you um yeah if everybody's hard. wearing a mask and everything i don't personally see anything wrong with that but i know my scene is like really struggling with uh trying to put shows together um 
have you played up here in upstate New York at all? Yeah. Um, cause we used to have bogeys. We used to have, well, bogeys shut down a couple of years ago. That's even pre COVID, but, um, Chrome just shut down. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember where we've all played in New York. I know we've been up there. Um, there's and that, I, um, I, I'm blanking on the names of venues. I think there's Amityville Music I, Hall, which is south. A lot of people remembered that just for the name. Yeah, that's possible. Chrome really sounds familiar to me. Um, like we might have played there. What? Where is Chrome? What state is or what Chrome, city is that in? Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I've never even been there. I've never okay. even been there. It was only around for um, maybe a year or two. Um, but there was a place in Poughkeepsie. Um, I know that it had an upstairs and a downstairs and that's what most people remember that like the upstairs was like the big, you know, more, uh, more packed place. So it was the bigger venue, mm-hmm. but the smaller shows were always, uh, downstairs. Um, uh, my wife went to a lot of shows there, but honestly, because I've never been there, I don't remember the name. Sure. Uh, the, all the Albany shows, all the Albany hardcore shows that were at like Valentine's or bogeys, those were the shows that I was going to. And like, even now, like the fuse box, which was where a lot of smaller hardcore shows were going to that, like wanted to keep it around 50 people. A lot of people yeah. were going to that. And like, that was great for like, you know, goth night when like, you know, people are doing clubbing or anything kind of like that. So we ended up playing in Albany. I think it was in Albany in like a mall. There was a, a, oh. a mall venue. That um it was, okay, <laughs> it was huge. It was awesome. Um, but we like, it was so nice. I'm like, why are we playing here? It was like, I mean, it was earlier in our career too. We weren't a very big band, and I was just like, I mean, there was like, I think a hundred people there. But in a venue, it's like such a huge venue that it just felt like there was nobody there. Is so it the one it's that like, was uh, that had the uh it had a bar and it had a bowling alley and it had an arcade in it yeah that that yeah was this place was huge okay that i mean it was an awesome show mm-hmm. uh it was a lot of fun it was just like so i was just like why are we here i was like there has to be like some bar or somewhere that we can play and that would have been fit that would have been more fit for this but I mean, it was yeah. awesome i whatever it was just who did you it was come too nice with? Who did you I don't remember. With? We were on tour with Convictions at that time. Okay. Because I definitely remember seeing like a couple of bigger uh, shows. Like we had Slaughter to Prevail, Chelsea Grant, and a couple of other like bigger deathcore yeah. acts. Um, and there were, I think there was an Asking Alexandria show there at one point. I don't remember. But yeah. um, it that the original place that you probably played at doesn't exist anymore. It's, a, it's owned okay. by like a separate other company, which I don't think even puts on the shows anymore. But we've got another place, Skyloft, which... Skyloft is putting on other shows now, but I think it's supposed to be kind of fitting that whole nightclub type uh, vibe. So sure. we'll probably wind up playing Skyloft once touring opens back up. But yeah. malls are going to be much less about going shopping and you know, like shopping centers and stuff like that. You're going to see a lot of stuff like um, like event type stuff happening at malls because, I mean, first of all, malls are having a hard time staying open because all the stores right. can't pay rent. Yeah. So. I think that like, that's the best thing that we're going to have to look forward to with malls is, you know, shit like that. And I'm all for Mm it. I'm all for it. Whatever we got to do, man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean like, yeah, everything is going to change and it's, some things are going to be, it's going to be really cool and something is going to be probably not good, but I I guess we just got to embrace it and go with it and hopefully things come out. Yeah, dude, that's what what it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a weird gonna be a weird time like the upcoming like i would just say the next upcoming like six months is probably going to be pretty wild with the election and whatever fallout comes after that and then like either way we're ending up with a piece of shit running the company or a country so yeah it doesn't matter what we do at this point (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know i have this weird this weird idea i this might not happen but i have this like weird prediction that trump is going to get reelected and then the like people are just gonna riot and burn america to the ground <laughs> well, I, mean, we're already I don't know there yeah i mean i mean because everybody's already so on edge with the black lives movement and like the covid thing like everybody's already on edge and protesting and rioting and looting like i think that's going to be like a tipping point for it's our a country scary time in the world yeah. no matter where you are but this seeing what's happening here in the states is it's pretty wild I try not to consume yeah. too much uh, uh, news-related stuff because then right. I start getting really cranky. 
Yeah. Um, and they feed off. I mean, they're, they're just like, they're just doing all this stuff that like they're getting, they're working on their numbers. So they're only going to mm-hmm. put out stuff that people are going to feed off of. And a lot of that ends up being fear and anger. So yeah, you really can't expose yourself to too much of it because it but you, can take you down you a negative path at the same time. So like, you right. know what's going that's on. What's hard. So that's the double-edged sword really is like yeah. trying to communicate with people and like trying to keep up, but not directly watching the news if you don't have to, because it really, I don't know what it is, man. They know how to make you miserable. Oh they yeah. No, <laughs> because they know how to, they know how to get hit. So yeah. that's they, what they're going to feed off of. But they're going to be talking yeah. about 2020 for ages yeah the year that made it, i remember at the beginning of 2020 we were all like me and a, a, a group of friends were talking about how this is going to be the roaring 20s because that meme was going around right we bring emo back and everything and like you're seeing a little bit of that but <laughs> you know, yeah it, i'm glad it didn't make the huge splash that like people were trying to make it into <laughs> yeah so let's switch gears here let's make this a little bit sure. more lighthearted. so um i love the tattoo inspired art that I've seen um, from you, even outside of just your tattoos in general. But when sure. did you start getting tattooed? I believe I was 22. Nope. A my first bloomer. tattoo was, is when I was 18. So I was out of the house. My parents couldn't control me anymore. So yeah, I got <laughs> my nice. first, yeah, I got my first tattoo. I went and got my ears pierced and I got my first tattoo. Oh, so that's like when it all really began for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was already dyeing my hair and I was wearing skinny jeans and black and stuff like that because I was freaking edgy. I'm glad I didn't say anything too bad about that time period because we probably looked not too different then, just like we do now. Yeah. God, probably. uh, Did you have a swoop? Oh, yeah. Mean swoop. People were telling me I looked like Ollie Sykes all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it was to the point where i was like i'm not a scene kid yeah god i'm not even emo fucking no no were you uh what were you what what did you fall under uh, what was your category see. well truth be told i kind of did it all i moved around a lot and so i got to re-identify every time i moved yeah. like, create a whole new identity for myself every time. yeah so I did the punk thing like really young, like really young. So like, you know, Green Day and all the like, you know, breakthrough mainstream punk stuff was like my like, yeah. early years. I did the emo thing. I did the goth thing. And then I just kind of found myself being a scene kid toward the end of my teen years. And, you know, looking mm-hmm. back on it now, yeah, I was definitely a scene kid, but I would have never admitted it. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't cool. That's not cool. Well, it's not cool to say you're seen even though. Yeah, you're exactly. Seen. It was yeah. it's like, it's like Fight Club. You're not allowed to talk about it yeah true <laughs> yeah i was yeah i kind of went through it was kind of a cool time in your life because you were allow you were allowed to reinvent yourself like every other week because you were figuring yourself out now if you try mm-hmm. and do that people will try and put you in a mental institution mental institution and say you're saying you're losing it you know um okay but that. at that time at that time you could just like you could totally reinvent yourself and it was just totally part of just figuring yourself out well, the other thing with that is that social media was still figuring itself out. And so like right. now where like everything is well established in social media, everything you do is already on Facebook five minutes after you did it. So, you know, yep. it's, you couldn't at that point, it's really just making up for what you did. Right. I saw you wearing that Gucci belt. You're not into that shit. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I like Gucci. What's wrong with Gucci? Gucci, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because uh, when COVID started and everybody started wearing the masks, because I had done a mustache about a year ago, mm-hmm. and then I just got tired of doing it. I got tired of keeping up with it. So then when the masks yeah. started and everything, I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time for me to regrow it out and try to like really try to go all in on the mustache. and everything. Yeah. Um, and then um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But when he started telling me like, yo, go interview Jeremy from Earthgrowns, I saw the mustache and I was like, oh that's uh i got like three three years or so on you man i've had this mustache for a long time i trim it like i only trim it like maybe three times a year i just take like i'll like every like three to 
five months i'll like cut a little bit off the ends besides that i don't trim or anything yeah i so. that's why like now is the best time to really do it because like anytime i'm out in public i get to wear the mask and they don't really see what's going on under here yeah but the other thing the other side the of that awkward stage yeah but the other side yeah. of that is like people who don't see me uh they only see this side of me they don't imagine right. that i have facial hair so when i take this down sure. they're like oh whoa <laughs> i've gotten that a couple of times already and they're like i don't mean to laugh it's just i didn't think that you had facial hair have you ever yeah. gotten that or is like everybody that you're out and about with do they just kind of like already know i more just have problems with them as soon as they see the mustache they instantly fall in love with me i don't know i, don't, I just can't control it man i'm just kidding uh, it's a, it's a that does not and a curse it does yeah yes definitely i always have to carry a stick with me and fight them off six feet I, six yeah. feet six is it, feet is this no no I don't, I don't know if that works in public <laughs> it works at shows but not so much yeah. in public <laughs> but uh um yeah I, I guess i don't go out too much and uh so yeah i don't know i it's good to really not do that so much but are you living in a rural part of uh you said you live in the carolinas is that right south dakota south dakota sorry not sorry. even close. <laughs> sorry. You got the South part right. No, it's okay. Most, for whatever reason, everybody thinks that we're from North Dakota. We'll say on stage, hey, we're Earthgrounds from South Dakota. I'll get off stage. They're like, so you guys are from North Dakota, huh? North Dakota, eh? Like, actually, South Dakota. Like, oh, okay. So North Dakota, eh? It's just crazy. Yeah? Like, people just immediately assume North Dakota, which is fine. I mean, like, it's pretty much the same thing. They have beats. We don't have beats. Um, but it, besides that, it's really just the same state. I know you so. meant beat the vegetable, but my mind went straight to the headphones. Beats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That's, um, that, that awkward part is over, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, going back to what you were saying about your mustache, I was going to say, I was actually, so I used to have really long hair. So I grew my hair out really long when I was in my, my metal stage, whatever, when I was 18, 19. I think I probably cut it off when I was like 23 or so um but Everybody i actually remembers that moment as being like that's the moment i committed to adulthood yeah yeah pretty much yeah i was getting married so i was like well i gotta cut my hair now and this was pre-mustache before i could grow a mustache so but i thought about bringing it like during this covid thing i was like you know what i i, I should try growing out my hair one more time because it takes long it takes a long yeah, time it takes a really long time and you have to like get through that awkward like the uh, it takes like over a year mm -hmm. and so you're like in this year-long awkward stage I'm like so now would be the perfect time now that i'm not going out not seeing anybody not playing shows now would be the perfect time to to grow out my hair um and i just got i just chickened out i just i didn't think it would work with the long hair with the mustache i felt like would just be a little bit too creepy it's like i'm already and, kind of awkward looking as it is so yeah like why, not, why add to that with the crazy hair and everything exactly that's, and my hair's really straight i had like so i had this problem when i had long hair is that from behind i looked like a a girl like too much because my hair my hair was like pretty i don't know why it was just so it was so straight and pretty like but girls would be like oh my gosh hair what do you do to your hair it's just yeah. it's so pretty it's like well i'm not i don't want it to be pretty it's supposed to be like i'm supposed to be like you know masculine but at the same time it's like yeah you still you want it to be you don't want it to be mangled or you don't have birds living in it so i don't, I don't know. know i'm i'm okay with the idea that like one day i could have had dreads like super long if i had just kept my hair growing it out the entire time but now that i think about it I'm like dreads and a mustache i'm not sure that that's the right choice yeah but still it's a, mean, it's a risky it's, it's a, a risky very, move it's a very um like honestly like to commit to having dreads like that are super long that i have so much respect for anybody that can do that it's a lot of work it's a lot of upkeep yeah I respect for sure the and the mustache that. on top of that yeah it's a lot of work yeah so i guess it depends on how much you want to work at it and then like the nice like top knot and everything yeah i don't know if yeah. the core kids would have liked that but yeah that's true <laughs> there was yeah. that movement for a while where they were getting the people were going around cutting off the top knots so you know people will find a way to start a movement that's really just <laughs> you might as well just call it hashtag i'm gonna be an asshole because yeah. that's what all of these like are like do you remember when scene is dead so shave your head yeah that shit was 
oh god i hated that because like at the time i was doing a lot of shows in boston and like i love boston i love the people there mm-hmm. but when i would meet those boston people it's like <laughs> okay i can't even joke around you because you might actually kill me yeah <laughs> people are wild and like like when the like the militant straight edge thing was a thing and people were getting beat up for like not being straight edge and uh yeah people are wild i'm just gonna say that so anyways we were talking more lighthearted stuff yeah we're, we're talking trying about not tattoos. to get, it, it's it's hard it's i don't hard know to how we gravitated to that yeah uh, it's man, that's know. why like that last record i wanted to put out an album that was all about positivity and good things mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> but um I do you have tattoos to, uh, uh, you have tattoos i have a What's couple of tattoos tattoo? i don't have as many yeah, as i'd like um yeah well that's everyone for yeah, the most part yeah except for you know once you start working up into the neck that's when you know like damn i'm starting to run out of space and i envy those yeah, people i'm getting there i envy those people you just got this one right here right the dagger just got my throat yep. yeah yeah how was that that's actually a, it actually that's wasn't that bad through, right? so I put it off for a really long time, like years, because I was terrified of getting my throat tattooed. And uh, the artists that I go to uh, in recent years, I've gone to a lot of artists. I have like a, a different artist for every limb. But my most recent artist that I go to, uh, his name is Tim. And he was always, always really, he didn't, he didn't want to have to tattoo Adam's apple. And he said it just like was one of those things that kind of gives him the heebie-jeebies. So, and I have kind of a big, big Adam's apple. So he was always, he always kind of said, you're going to have to talk me into it. And then finally, so I got both sides of my neck done and that sucked so bad. Like I, yeah, I don't, don't enjoy the side of my neck. So anyway, so I really had to psych myself up for this and I had to talk my, my artists into doing it. And finally we did it and it was like cake, dude. It was so easy. It was not bad at all. I like could not believe like how how much it didn't hurt. It was so weird. Um, That's awesome. I, what yeah, I've always wanted so, to do was get like a candle going up from like because you know how your your body has like the natural curve right here. Yeah, I think that that would yep. be a great place to start a candle. Have a flame yep. going where my Adam apple Adam's apple starts. Because in yep. my head, I'm like, I'm always talking, so that part of my neck is always moving, so it might look like the flame the is flame. moving. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, you know, there, there will be a time and place for that. But like, I still have to like get all of this empty space done. And like this side's really bare. So like, I got to finish this stuff before I even get yeah. like a chest piece or anything else done. Cause like I, I did the the worst thing, which was like on my hands tattooed. So job stoppers. Uh, yeah. And you know what, you know what I say to that? All right. Is what's amazing is the, what people will still hire me despite that. There was a yeah. uh, time period in my life where I looked a lot like uh, Chris from Motionless and White. And mm-hmm. I was still getting like pretty good jobs. And I was telling people like, dude, it's not, these aren't the job stoppers. It's you, it's your personality. Right. It's your work ethic. Yeah. It's this. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, you know, people, yeah, they make their first impressions, their judgments that they're going to have. But once you break through all those preconceived notions, you'd be surprised what people like will do for you when you prove to them that you're still a good person, despite all that. Right. So, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I pretty much decided at like, at an early age that I was going to just be um, in the music industry like forever. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go all out and just get everything tattooed. So I was never really too worried about getting my neck or my hands tattooed as far as like, because I mean, I, I bet out there, they're a lot more accepting of tattoos than they are around here. Cause this is South Dakota. Like I'm not like, like the, one of the only dudes in this town with tattoos. Mm-hmm. So like in my family, my entire family, like all blood, there's like not a single person with tattoo, maybe like a little like Jesus fish on their foot or something like that. <laughs> but like nobody has like tattoos or piercings really in my family. So totally the black sheep. It's funny because when I got my first tattoo, my mom was so disappointed in me. So disappointed in me. But <laughs> ah, then, hurts. But then hurts. like not even a year or two later, she's going and getting her like half sleeve done. And I'm like, really? Hypocrites. Dick it, ass. It, it's, I, I like that she went and got it done. I just don't support who she went to. Um, you have <laughs> oh, that bummer. issue sometimes. Like there's some really good tattooers out there, but then there's people who will like charge you $400 to write, um, to do like a kiss print or like, I'm like pointing here, but a kiss print yeah. on your neck right here. And it's like, you know, yeah. some of the practices are just really, 
eh, iffy, but I love tattoos. I love tattoo art. And like, I see that you're definitely a big fan of the Americana, the traditional American style. Yeah. Was that like what you went into uh, initially? Actually. So it's kind of funny. My very first tattoo, uh, I'm wearing a long sleeve, so I can't even show you. Uh, it's actually surprisingly like 12 years or wait, how old am I? 14 years later, it still <laughs> looks pretty good. I, I, I'm bad at math. Uh, but surprisingly, it still looks pretty good. Um, it's, uh, my first tattoo was a traditional style tattoo. Um, it's, uh, oddly enough, it's actually a dagger. Um, so I have two daggers now. Uh, it's like a dagger and rose piece. Um, but so my first, that, yeah, that was my first tattoo. And then after that, I got super into, uh, like realism. And so this sleeve over here, this sleeve like is all like realistic tattoo um and which is cool um and then like this sleeve is like almost more like it i don't know what this is kind of neo-traditional yeah there's a lot it's of like, color in it but it's really bold, bright color yeah but it's like still bold lines yeah and then, so after like i after seeing the bold lines um i just like i don't know i just like that's when i really got into uh i guess american traditional and then now it's like, man, I wish I just would have started with American traditional and just done everything. I guess the thing that I like about that I didn't like about American traditional is for the most part, uh, they didn't flow as nicely. Cause a lot of times American traditional, like my leg, it's basically you have like a bunch of, oh, yeah. and then you have star and dots. Yeah. To like in. fill it in. I, but the thing I've Which is, I've always cool. like that. Cool. I've always liked that. Like, you know, anything to like help yeah. fill the space. Yeah. So, but I, I, there's something to be said about just having a very flowing piece too, you know? So mm -hmm. that to me was always, um, I'm glad that I did like this style, at least the neo-traditional one, whatever this is. I'm really glad I did that. Cause I really like that. Um, but I don't know from, from here on out, I really feel like I'm just like so sold on, uh, American traditional that, um, I'll probably just do that from here on out. I'm seeing track that or even like Japanese, uh, Japanese style. I really uh, like Japanese traditional is really cool. That's actually probably what I'm going to do for filler on my neck will probably be like the, like the waves, waves and clouds. That's yeah. Cool. Waves. Yeah. It's as filler and stuff. So that's another a style I really enjoy. So it's cool. Cause there's like, it's just like metal. I mean, there's like, obviously there's metal as a whole, but then there's so many sub genres, yeah. you know, there's different styles of traditional different avenues. So it's cool. It doesn't have to get boring before I die. And I I've said this for, for years now, I have to get one stick poke tattoo. Just one, Dude, like, I've always... really, like Hawaiian style with the hammer and everything. Yeah, that would, that would actually be really cool just to do something like on your leg or something yeah. that if you don't have, if it looks bad, you can cover up, but yeah, yeah. just experience something like that. Like where, tattooing came from and where it is now I, I think it's really cool that Absolutely. it's been around for so many centuries and stuff it's crazy it's crazy not not only that it's been around for as long as it has but seeing that the technology and where it is headed um is very exciting i'm like i'm like stupidly excited to see like what kinds of uh extreme forms of body body or body art are going to exist in the coming years because right. the ears thing that like within the last 20 years has gotten kind of popular here in America, which you can't see it now, but I do have, I have two stretched. Um, oh yeah. I'm, I'm yep. let's see, I'm probably five eighths now, but before I took them out, I was closer to an inch and a half. Um, sure. And then my second holes were about half inch when I was still nice. stretching them. Um, mm -hmm. But like, you see that that's huge now. I wonder like where that's going to be in a couple of years or if people are right. going to keep doing it or keep doing it in weird places like the cheeks did you ever yeah. see that one? That's yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot, a lot of. It is crazy. It's it's wild. But I guess I encourage whatever people want to do artistically. I love art, so yeah. I think that's probably the best. One of the best parts about art. I mean, like tattoos is just like I love art. You know, I love being able to uh, see art, and it's like if it's on your body, you get to see it every day. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. make sure you so. like it before you get it done. <laughs> True that true that because once it's there the only option after that is either laser it or black it out or which, amputation or amputation i love that <laughs> that's fucking beautiful 
I mean, yeah. if, if that's what you want to do, I mean, phantom limb thing, that's, that's a real thing. So just be, I hope, aware. I hope, <laughs> I hope that's never a fad in uh, body art is people just start amputating limbs. It's like cool to like cut off your fingers or something <laughs> like that or Did cut off see, one finger. Um, the whitest kids, you know, that old uh, adult swim show. <sighs> really long time some, ago it went over to some other network but they did an episode that was like after they moved from adult swim because i'm sure they just got too much hate over it but there was one where they're like yeah i'm gonna get like a, a tiger's vagina over my lips because like you know you just don't get me mom and like you got a whale penis <laughs> just hanging off your forehead and shit like you know eventually we might get there i don't know yeah that's possible care. if you want to do that to yourself that's your choice just know yep. that there will be repercussions. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. I'm People are crazy. It. Yep. I'm all for it. There's some crazy stuff out there. Would you ever, uh, cause I really want to get the whites of my eyes tattooed at some point. Really? I do. I've, I've, so I've, I've always said that. And I, I, I hope, hopefully I don't go back on this, but I've always said that I won't do my face or my penis for tattoos. <laughs> That's, but everything else is fair game and I'll probably get everything else tattooed. <laughs> So, so, so has you, have you tattooed your ass then? I have not, but I'm definitely open to it. Well, actually, now I, that I eventually that I'm asking, I'll do, eventually I'll do like I want to do my full back, and it, it'll probably go down. That was it. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you've done your back yet because nothing yet. Uh, no, that used to be the place to get tattooed mm -hmm. for so many people, and like because like you know it's easily covered and all that stuff. You don't have to look at it all the time if you don't like it. Um, yeah, but not a lot of people are getting tattooed there anymore. No, I uh. I have plans. It's just, you know, I have so many other areas I have to finish first. I have a problem with starting too many different mm -hmm. tattoos and not finishing them. So I'm like that with music. I'll start too many ideas and never finish it. Yeah, that's a that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. <laughs> these guys these guys on the podcast know I've talked about like eight different project ideas that like I've started, wrote one song and then was like done. Just never went back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's hard. It is. It is. Well, hey, um, we're about that point, so I do appreciate having you on the show. Um, of course, man. Thanks anything, for having me. Uh, anything you want to say to the people at home before we let you go? Any uh, no, anybody you want to um, shout out? Um, I'll just say this. Uh, I mean, most of you guys probably already know this, but uh, bands are struggling uh, like pretty hard right now uh, financially uh, because without touring, like touring is the only way that bands make money. Um, and selling merch on, on tour is pretty much the only place that bands make money. We don't make money off of streaming. I mean, obviously that's a necessary thing and we want people to be streaming our music. Um, so keep doing that. And, uh, we, we appreciate that. But I guess as far as if you want to su support your favorite band, I'm not even just talking about my band, I'm talking about in bands in general, if you want to support your favorite band, you want your band, you want to see your bands play again, hopefully next year, whatever, like go buy some of their merch online because uh, that's the only place that bands are really surviving and are going to be able to survive next, the next upcoming months. So that's the only thing I'll say, you know, keep, uh, keep streaming music and uh, stay positive, you know, through all this, uh, we will get through it and uh, we'll strive greater than ever. I hope so. There you go. Um, and as you guys know, uh, we brought up earlier that there will be another Earth Groans EP coming out uh, pretty soon. We don't have a definite date on that single, but it's coming out sometime soon. Yeah. The end of, just somewhere towards the end of this month, just keep checking back on our Instagram or basically all of our social medias. Sounds so. good. Well, uh, thanks cool. again for coming on the show. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time to have this conversation with me, even though Dude, it, you bet. it took a while to get you here, but I'm glad we had you here. Yeah. Uh, so thanks again. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. You bet, man. Thanks.